guys, it's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa, the official podcast. Today is July 1st. Gosh, it's July. Uh, welcome to episode 17. And if you were listening to Monday's episode, um, I talked about how I wanted this episode to be a bit of a piggyback off of that episode regarding happiness and fulfillment. And I want to discuss today the pressures that we face with social media, the pressures that we face with everything being online, everything being at our fingertips, and how that can actually be masking a lot of feelings of anxiety and depression and loneliness. We all have a lot of pressure in our life, and I think social media can be a good release sometimes. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly not here to talk bad about anybody. I have social media. I use it probably more than I should. But I want to talk about the healthy way to use that so it enhances your life versus masking anything that's difficult or you're not dealing with. And I hear a lot of people say that we're all in the same boat. And I hear that a lot when it comes to pressures to perform or feelings of loneliness, paying bills, family dynamics, things like that. Well, we're all in the same boat. And I have to tell you, I disagree with that. I I prefer to say that we're all in the same storm, but definitely in different boats. And what I mean by that is that we can experience a lot of the same things or face a lot of the same things, but how we navigate and deal with those is different for everybody. So I don't think we're all in the same boat. I think we're all in very different boats. And I hope that this episode sheds some light on a few things to help you in your daily life when you navigate or escape from these pressures. And, you know, I think that we all experience this world quite differently. And I'm just really trying to bring some awareness to how things like texting and social media and everything being online While the intention is to help you connect and have things um, easier, it's actually disconnecting you from a lot of people in your life. It's disconnecting you from your authentic self and from finding value in your own self-identity and finding value in things like adversity. And so I want to talk about that and shed some light on that and see if we can help some people feel a little bit better about their daily lives and how they navigate this world. But first... Let's get right to it. Here's the official what's next question and answer. Hey, what's next? Hey, what's next? Okay, empty nexters, here's the question from episode 16. And if you missed it, in episode 16, I talked about happiness being a byproduct of fulfillment. And I thought this was a really great question that I wanted to share with all of you. And the question is, Lisa, I feel really stuck in my job and it's so far away from what I thought I'd be doing. I dread going every day and think about leaving, but can't with all of my bills and responsibilities. Now with the pandemic, not many people are hiring. And I'm just wondering if you have any advice about how to find fulfillment when you can't leave your job. And I think that this is a question a lot of us can connect and relate to because it's one of the things I hear most is that people aren't happy in their jobs and they feel stuck because we have bills and responsibility and families. And I think it was actually Oprah who said, you do what you have to until you can do what you want to. And that means that sometimes you are going to be 
in a job that doesn't feel good and you dread and you hate. And my challenge to you would be to remind yourself that there is an out, but you need to make the decision to find that and look for options that are going to maybe give you a little bit more fulfillment, but still allow you to pay your bills. And You know, I want to remind you too that our careers are not the only way that we can find fulfillment and meaning in our lives. Fulfillment always doesn't need to come from really big life changes either or traveling or activities. It's really about finding what fills you up outside of work. And so maybe that's painting or hiking or working out. Um, Some people really like watching old movies. It's really about what fills you up. How can you take time even if it's just 5, 10, 15 minutes a day to find something that really fills you up. I know for me when I'm feeling stressed or I feel like I've got too much on my plate and I'm feeling a lot of pressure, as soon as I take my dog out on a walk um, and on a hiking trail, I just, it's like things just melt away and I'm reminded of the beauty in the world. And so that's that's one of the things that fills me up aside from talking to you guys. Um And so I seek those things out and I prioritize myself enough to know that I need to do that. And, you know, that being said, it definitely sounds like your job is sucking the life out of you. And I'm sorry for that. And it's not a good feeling to wake up and have anxiety and dread about having to go to a job that you have to go to pretty much every day. And so what I would challenge you to do is I want you to make a decision today that says, I'm not going to do this forever. I'm not going to do this forever. This is my right now. I'm going to do something different. And I may not know what that is right now, but the first thing I need to make, the first thing I need to do is make a decision that this isn't forever. And then you're going to make a plan about what you do next. So the plan might change. You make the decision first that that's not forever. And then you make a plan. And, you know, you've got to be, ready for when the world does open back up and people are hiring. I want you ready for when that opportunity presents itself to be able to jump on that. And so just because something can't happen today doesn't mean that it can't happen ever. And so prioritize yourself and your happiness enough to know that here's what you know for sure. This isn't the job for you. Now you make a decision that it's not forever and then you make a plan about what's next. And I hope that helps you. If you guys have questions, email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. I'd love your feedback on what you think of the podcast. I would, I want to know what you'd like some support with, what you're struggling with, and let's shed some light on it and see if we can help you and, and the rest of the listeners. So let's get into episode 17 and... I always say, let's start with what we know for sure. What we know for sure is that social media is not going anywhere. The internet's not going anywhere. So what we need to do is learn how to use it to our advantage. And I always have a lot of parents ask me as well, how do I talk to my kids about social media? What age should I start letting them use it? Parents are really kind of nervous sometimes about the potential pitfalls of social media, rightfully so, because a lot of bullying goes on, a lot of a lot of negative comments, a lot of pressure to achieve or do better than their classmates. And so it's a great question. And what I would tell you is 
it's not going anywhere. And so rather than trying to keep them from it, when you feel like it's an appropriate age for them to be responsible with it, talk to them about it. Talk to them about that not all of it's real. It's not very authentic. And, you know, especially with this younger generation that's never known a world without it, it's really, really important that you guys model how to fail. You guys, as parents, have an opportunity to show them that that's that social media isn't real life. You have to model behavior that shows them that life is hard. There is adversity and that it's okay to make wrong choices. And if you fail, you you make a different choice or you do better next time. And I think the one thing I see a lot with the younger millennials and this Generation Z that's never known a world without social media is that they struggle a lot with self-identity. They struggle a lot with values or who they want to be in the real world. And while a lot of this can be kind of okay in high school, when these kids leave home and realize that life is actually really hard, a lot of them don't have the coping skills to understand that negative emotions or bad things actually happen. They think it's like super catastrophic when something bad happens because they've never been taught to how, how to properly process that. And so, you know, social media isn't real life and bad feelings and adversity in life is normal. And if you don't take the time as parents to give them the opportunity to carve out who they want to be outside of the social media, who they want to be, what they stand for, um, understanding how to work through negative feelings and adversity, they're going to struggle. And I see it a lot with my teenage clients and my young 20s clients. And it's not that they're not capable. And we hear that a lot, that people say, oh, the millennials or the Gen Zs are so soft and they've had everything handed to them. I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's actually quite the opposite. I think social media brings up so many more pressures for them to perform or be better than the next that the problem with that isn't having goals or discipline or wanting to be better. The problem with that is that they never learn how to face adversity and how to choose things for themselves. It's always about other people or, you know, besting another person. And so it's really important that we help them create identities outside of this fictional world of social media. And so number one, I think it's important to note this isn't going anywhere. And the other thing that's important to note, to have the conversation with them that this just isn't real life. Life is actually hard at times and it's okay to fail. It's okay to have bad days and that's what real life is. And you build self-worth We build self-worth in young children by helping them and supporting them as they work through adversity. That's how you build it. And if they've never had to do it, they're not just going to all of a sudden get it when they move out of your house. And I think that it's important to help them find things that have meaning outside of social media. And so help help them find things that give them meaning and fulfillment and Also help them carve out who they want to be, support that. Encourage them to adopt a set of values. Encourage them to adopt a self-identity and to be confident and commit to that outside of Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok or, I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm doing my best to keep up with this because I have an increasing amount of um, preteen and teenage 
clients in my private practice that struggle a lot with bullying. And the, the I think the thing that surprised me slash appalled me the most is, and it took me a few of these clients that were coming in and they would say, well, I had a fight with so-and-so and so I blocked them. And it took me a minute to understand what they were doing. And so what they're doing, rather than resolving a problem or having a discussion with a friend, they just block them on social media. And so they're not learning how to have difficult conversations and advocate for themselves and say what they need and how they feel. They're just blocking people. And so there's no thought process on how do I make this better or how do I advocate for myself and say what I need and what hurt my feelings. They're just blocking people. And I can't tell you how many times a day I hear that. Well, yeah, so I just blocked them. And then a week later, they'll unblock them if it's blown over. And it's such a scary cycle of communication for me to see in in this age group. And it really has a lot to do with the fact that old people like me, older people, who knew a world without social media when we didn't have a choice but to communicate or to make a phone call, we didn't have texting or direct messaging as an option, we learned those skills because that's all we had. These kids have never had a world without it. And so it's extremely important that we provide our kids an opportunity to discuss healthy communication, healthy resolution, setting boundaries, knowing when it's time to uninvest from somebody, not just block them. Because the other thing that's doing is it may be cutting somebody out of their social media pages. What it's not doing, though, is teaching them to resolve things within themselves either. So I'm seeing a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, and a lot of confusion about negative feelings, especially in my teenage clients with the negative feelings. They think that that is just so terrible and catastrophic and that there's something wrong with them if they're sad or they have a bad day because they're not used to knowing how to feel that. And so my message to parents would be, in conclusion, monitor the social media and make sure they have a life outside of it. You're doing yourselves in the long run a favor because they're going to leave your house and actually be able to navigate adversity in the world. But, you know, more than that, you're doing them a favor because they're going to know who they are and what they need to do when someone or something doesn't feel right. They're going to learn to trust themselves. And so while the Gen Z and the, the younger millennials are who I tend to worry about most um you know as adults and people that even grew up without social media I think I feel like we all have it um and it creates this impossible standard right this this pressure to be quote perfect um I think it breeds a culture of competition and it breeds a culture of your self-worth being attached to accomplishment or you know it could be your family or you're traveling or whatever it is and but what that equates to in the long run is a really weak self-identity in the outside world and that can be really disastrous that is not that's not a strong foundation in which to jump if your worth is tied to besting everyone on social media and so you know, like I said, a lot of us know life before social media, so we definitely have a bit easier of a time identifying that unattainable standard that's set on Instagram or Facebook, um, Snapchat, whatever, TikTok. 
I don't know all of them anymore. Um, you guys know I'm on Instagram and Twitter. So, um, but there are standards set on these on these social media sites that are full of pressure and they're just impossible. It's like you're setting yourself up to fail all the time. And but it's still so easy to get like sucked in, right? And let it affect you and let it affect your self-esteem and your self-worth. And sometimes I'll see things on Instagram and it's it inspires me. You know, when I was traveling to Italy, I looked up different accounts of people that had traveled to Italy to get different ideas of places to go. And that was extremely helpful. Um, The challenge, though, is to not compare my trip to theirs, right? My trip was for me and their trip was theirs. But I I appreciated the inspiration. I just had to be careful to not let it deflect from what I was trying to do. And so... It's interesting. Stanford actually coined the term duck syndrome. And I love this because it's so true. If you think about a duck gliding, when you see them in a pond, they're just kind of gliding effortlessly, you know, over a pond. But really underneath, they are frantically trying to stay afloat. Their legs are kicking. It's not smooth. And so the underneath part is real life. Um, And the duck on top is social media. And That's my concern with people that don't use it responsibly is that if they're just gliding across the pond but not dealing with the instability underneath, that's when we start to get into trouble. And, you know, a recent study that I was reading as I was preparing for this podcast also said that 60% of all people on various social media sites report negative affects to their self-esteem. And so... The, the big takeaway for me is that what you pretend to be, if you're pretending to be perfect, this happy, fulfilled person all day on social media, it's also a lot harder to accept the real you at the end of the day when the social media is not there. So that means you're getting down on yourself. You're feeling bad about yourself because you're portraying this image all day. And that feels pretty good because you're getting some likes and some follows. And then when that goes away... And you're actually not that person all the time, which is more than okay. You have a really hard time accepting the real version of you. And so, you know, social media can mask bigger things, I always say. Things like self-doubt, low self-esteem, depression, anxiety. You know, looking at these other images um, for validation Or you start to look at other people and say, oh, well, guess what? I'm not enough. If you were already struggling with your self-worth, your self-identity, depression, anxiety, loneliness, those types of things, you log on to social media and guess what your brain does right away? It connects that negative narrative that you've created in your mind and it says, oh, yeah, look at that. You aren't enough. And you are, you know, your brain tends to say, oh, look at that compared to everyone else, you're not doing well. And so do you see the problem here? Um, you know, we we can't get in the habit of judging our insides by someone else's outside. And I'm going to say that again, because I think if you take anything away from this podcast, I want it to be that. Don't judge your insides by somebody else's outside. And that's what social media is, is it somebody's outside. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's just a really sad place to be. And while I think there's a lot of great benefits to social media, there's also an ugly side of that that we hear more and more, more about. 
And so in my last episode, you know, I talked about what fulfills you. And here's what I can tell you. I know for sure you'll never be fulfilled living somebody else's life or trying to compare yourself constantly to other people's life. And, you know, my next and last point that I think is extremely important is that I want you guys to think about being mindful with your communication and connection with people, Um, texting, social media, uh, direct messaging, things like that. They, They tend to make us feel like we're more connected or that we're communicating with a lot of people. And while it's nice to see what's happening on people's pages, you've got to remember that your brain doesn't actually register that as a human connection. And as humans, craving a human connection is the most natural thing. So a lot of people who are lonely will go on and and look at other people's pictures and think that they're connecting with people, but your brain actually doesn't register that as actual human contact or connection. And so, you know, same with texting. You could text 50 people a day and have conversations. Your brain, though, isn't getting the same feeling or chemicals that it would get from a phone call or an in-person meetup. And so your brain thinks you've been alone all day. And I actually read about this study. Um, This fact came up to me. I was reading a book and it was about higher incidences of suicide in college students and successful, seemingly successful college students did well in high school. Um, They were college athletes. It seemed like they kind of had it all together and they there was a higher incidence of depression and suicide and so what one of the studies looked at was the need to text with everybody all day and never have a real conversation um, on the phone or in person and they found that the brain actually didn't register that communication as human connection and so they like I said they could text 50 people a day but the brain your brain thinks oh well we were alone all day and too much of that consistently can get you extremely isolated and lonely. And so, you know, I think that it's important to note that we definitely have more access than we used to. We have a lot of emotionally charged things happening in the world. Um, We have a lot more access to people's lives, but the ability to do much about that from a computer screen or any of the world's big problems right now, it can be really exhausting and defeating. And so, you know, a lot of kids too on Instagram, I also learned this from taking on my teenage clients. Thank you for all for making me feel very old. I love you all. Um, I learned about Finsta. So Finsta is a fake Instagram account. And what they do is they have one account that's like a regular Instagram feed where they post things and it's a it's a public profile. And then they have their quote Finsta or fake Insta and that's usually set to private and it's usually just a friend group or family. And I feel like it's so ironic that they call that the fake Insta because that tends to be the real them. Whereas the regular general feed for Instagram is the highlight reel and the not real them. And so you see the problem here, guys? People are filtering themselves on social media and we are learning to edit what we put on there, which I get it. I mean, it's totally your choice what you share. I just want you disconnecting from it enough in your real life to know that 
that's not real and that's not attainable. It's not attainable to compare yourself to everybody in real life and definitely not on Instagram. But there's a lot more people that you have access to on social media than you do in real life in your neighborhood. And so, you know, I'm not saying that ambition or discipline or really successful social media accounts are bad things. I think ambition and discipline are really good things. And I hope that you guys all have it. And, you know, I want you to think about accepting that you need to know and love who you are, though, and live for you, not what you think everyone else wants you to be. And that's a hard thing to disconnect from when it's right at our fingertips on our phone. And it's a challenge. And there are times where you've got to be self-aware to say, I'm feeling really bad about myself today because I looked at whatever Instagram account. And then I want you to detach from that, though, and remind yourself who you are. When nobody else can influence who you want to be, be proud of that and be confident of that. Use social media responsibly, not to let it guide who you are. You should already have a pretty good idea of who you are before you log on. And so I think a really great assignment that I would challenge you guys to do is to grab your journals, take a few minutes, and write down your most authentic wants and needs. And then I want you to write down how close you are to living by them. And so if you're super far off from living by the way, you know, the person you want to be and what fulfills you, then make a decision to get back on track. Make a decision to shut out the outside world and say, how can I get back on track? Because this is my life and I want to live for me, not for what everyone else is doing, because that is not sustainable. That's not genuine happiness. Really start to think about the person you are, who you want to be, what your values are, knowing that it's okay to make wrong decisions. That's part of life because remember, you're all beautifully human. You're going to mess up. But write down how close you are to living by them and then start to think about what changes you need to make to get a little closer if you're super far off. And I think that that will get you well on your way to living in the present real world versus the highlight reel of social media. And I believe in you guys and know that you can do this. And I definitely know that you're worthy of it. So coming up next on episode 18, I'm going to talk about something that we think is, I guess, self-explanatory, but a lot of people are confused by it. What is therapy and how do you choose a therapist? And so by now, if you guys have been listening to my podcasts, you might be thinking about seeking out a therapist of your own to deal with some things or process some things that aren't working for you on a more intense level. And I always encourage that. But I can't tell you how many people come to my office and are nervous or don't really know what therapy is. And so I'm going to go through that. I'm going to tell you how to find a therapist that works for you, how to how to think about therapy or approach therapy and what is it really like what do we really do in the office a lot of people don't know so I'm going to break that down for you on Friday's episode all right empty nexters I can't thank you enough for listening got questions email me at what's next with lisa at gmail.com or check me out on twitter and instagram at what's next with lisa take care of yourselves and remember it's a perfect day to ask yourselves what's next see ya